Half past eight is the time, and uh, uh, you tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And under the microscope this evening, we try and make sense of uh, the developments that have been unfolding at the Pan-African Parliament, which uh, once again today descended into chaos. And uh, the issue, it seems, is around the election of the president of, uh, or the presidency of the Pan-African Parliament, and the argument on whether or not there should be some rotational basis in line with some of the guidelines and principles of the African Union. Now, this evening we pose uh, some questions around um, how this conflict has unfolded uh, and what uh, issues that uh, many might think we might have overcome uh, does this bring into uh, uh, the spotlight. And uh, to make sense of all of this, I'm joined by uh, presenter and producer Channel Africa here at the SABC in Tate Isaac Khomo. Tate Isaac, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you, and good evening to you, and good evening to our listeners, too. Yeah, always a pleasure to have you on, on the show. And, and I think maybe uh, before we get into some of the developments that we're seeing there, I think for the benefit of our listeners, uh, we might want to track back to 2004 and talk about the purpose and the function for which this Pan-African Parliament was set up. Okay, no, no, that's good. Uh, hey, where do I start? Well, you see, the Pan-African Parliament is an offshoot of the AU. Mm. It's like it's supposed to come together with the AU. Now, um, with the AU, you find that it's a African Union which has been put together, uh, where it incorporates countries. Mm. But then, with its incorporation, its working, you find that the AU basically it is it consists of uh, governments and head of states. Yeah. And uh, mm. those are, that's just an executive body which actually comes working through the commissions trying to put together parts or uh, trying to get to put in together issues which would actually eventually lead to the African Union. Now, again, we find that the purpose of the African Union is not only to bring together nations or states yeah, or countries. It's actually mm. designed to bring together people. And the whole African Union should actually be for the people, benefit the people, of the people. So now the people's input was not there, but it was seen that it is necessary to have a parliament, which would actually represent the people. Now, again, you find that the AU basically, it is falling behind and in its, um, in its construction or architecture. It is actually that it's been made or architected to reflect the, the European Union, the EU, which is a good thing. I mean to say that in a globalized world, economies and countries are becoming uh, globalized, you know, regionally. But then mm -hmm. we find that there is a misnomer a bit with the African Union. You see, the European Union, it did not start as a union of states. It started as the EEC, Economic Commission, for European Economic Commission, that was pushed by France and Germany. And through that, they came with the uh, European Union. But on our point, because we are actually thrust into a situation in which we have got no power to decide, we tend to act uh, reactively. So we also formed a union. 
But then this union now, we have come to see that it has got to have a union of the people. And so the idea of having the Pan-Africanist Parliament. Mm. But mm. the issue of having a Pan-Africanist Parliament, a body which will actually represent the people, it's a work in progress. And when it was uh, incepted, it was not incepted as being a fully, uh, could I say, a fully legislative body. It doesn't have those powers. Until now, it has got uh, advisory powers. That the oversight has still got to be developed into the union. And that is on track. In the simple reason that they've formed a charter, there is a charter which is out, which is actually going to give the Pan-Africanist Parliament those legislative powers and powers to take the executive, which is the African Union, to task. But now, like all charters of the African Union, they've got to be signed on. And the time when they get over 50% of the member countries who have signed on to that, it becomes what we could say law, or it becomes in operation. That was the same thing with the African uh, free market area. It was a charter. Mm. People had to sign on it. Eventually, South Africa and I think Nigeria were the last ones to come on board, and they've got a majority. So now it's a work in progress. It's going to be implemented. Another type of similar charter, which is still looking for its 50% um, signing on, it is the African Human Rights Code. Yeah? Mm. That thing is, yeah, it still needs to come and it still needs to be given all those powers. And countries are signing on it very slowly. And so, too, the issue of the African Union, transforming the African Union from its advisory um, situation that it is, role that is playing, to that of a full legislature. So it's work in progress. But one thing we've got to say, the, Af- the Pan-Africanist Parliament, it's a necessary body. We need it. The African people need it to take charge Mm. of their own lives. Mm. Yeah. Although it's getting through a lot of difficulty, it has not got any powers, but that body, it's needed. Those powers are needed. And once it's Mm. needed, I think that's when the Africans will be able to control their own destiny. And again, another thing is this, that with the charter, there's going to be direct elections to the body. Right mm. now, representation to the African, to the, sorry, to the Pan-Africanist Parliament is a um, segment of people from the national uh, legislatures. So you have a majority of the power, of the party in power, and then they've got representatives also from the opposition. So like mm. in South Africa, we find that Malema is an opposition MP, but he has been there, he's put there in the Pan-Africanist Parliament to represent the opposition. So that's the sure. makeup of the Pan-Africanist Party. Yeah. But so you find that basically it is the ruling parties which really dominate that parliament. Mm. But with the new charter... Dada Komo, mm-hmm. I want us to, to pause here for, for a, be, a brief spot break. But, but, but when we come back, um, I want us to continue on the score uh, and uh, I guess some of the seeming weaknesses. And one of those is this sense that we can make decisions around who leads the structure by consensus, and uh, one gets a sense that even this guideline and principle of rotation is one of consensus, and uh, you'll help us uh, maybe make sense of that, and also make sense of some of the uh, 
fists and uh, everything else that's been flying out there in Midrand. We'll continue with Ndate Isaac Komo, uh, presenter and producer Channel Africa here at the SABC after this. Ndate Komo, do we have a crisis of consensus here? <laughs> no, there's no crisis. Malem has put it very well. <laughs> mm. I don't know what I can say more than that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not electioneering. I'm not, I'm not supporting. Sure, but the guy sure, is, sure. is articulate. He's just articulated the whole problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's quite clear on this particular issue. Oh, and, uh, you know, mm. very commendable that, um, you know, and I say young relative to many of the old people that you would find in the PAP, but somebody who has, uh, I guess, taken on to that role. Uh, and he, alongside Baba Rodzwi from uh, Zimbabwe, have certainly also been on the receiving end of uh, some violence as well for that. The, you know, the youths are coming up. In fact, they're taking it up. You know, I mean, to say that, um, you know, we'll talk about it, okay, continue. Mm. There is a reason why the AU is actually taking the, <clears throat> the form that it's taking, but we'll talk, we'll discuss about it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Let, yeah, let's talk about the comment he makes about Mali. Yeah, let's talk about the comment he makes about Mali. I mean, mm. uh, the legitimacy and credibility of Mali uh, in light of, uh, you know, the situation that's unfolding in that part of uh, the continent. Well, Mali is a sad thing. Mali is a sad thing because simply that it has been uh, fraught with fighting. You know, there is a secessionist group which is fighting the Tuaregs and there has been uh, evidence that the Tuaregs were having very tacit support from the French that is when the um, government in, in Bamako have uh, taken some tough stances against the French, yeah, like even when they even tried to invite Anglo South Africans to come in, into the mining industry, the gold mining industry, the French did not like it. But again, now the real um, threats from, from uh, what do you call it, from, from, from the Islamists, yeah, I mean, it started mm. with uh, Al-Qaeda in, in the Maghrib, and then now it's ISIS, fully blown, it's there. Yeah, which so is disturbing. And then, um, again, the country military is very weak, but its weakness is there due to its relationship it had with its former colonial master. Where the colonial masters in all these French countries, they said that they were going to take over the issue of uh, of, of, of defense and security. But when they need it most, now they use it as a leverage, you know, to push in their stances. But mm. all the same, with the change in government which took place when the military overthrew, in that, I think it was in October, August, October, um, that rebellion basically started from the streets. It did not start in the military barracks. Mm. It started in the streets. And when the in the military came in to get rid of the then incumbent, Abu Bakr, yeah, Keita, um, they had to form a government. When they had to form a government, the ECOWAS and the AU put a very strong position saying that whoever is going to come in, the president has got to be a civilian, the transition government. The transition government has got to be a civilian. Yeah? So the mm. military was there. They brought in the civilians. They brought in Ndao. Now, Ndao was there, and he had his assistant, and they continued, and the military was there. But now, with time, when they're preparing for the elections in February, you find that Ndao, instead of sticking, that's my outlook, mm. people don't agree with it, without sticking to the mandate of actually coming to issues of the, 
of, of, of elections. He goes and actually gets rid of two very important people, the military people. And Mali has got a military and a security problem. But people who are directly involved in maintaining that security, yeah, he gets rid of them. Now, why doesn't he stick to his mandate and get, go on with the military people? Come February, they have the elections, the new civilian government could decide on the people that they want. Now there is a group called Africa Group. It's an NGO which is based in Mali, and it's headed by a Malian. Now, they say that basically there is a very big pool between two forces within the government. The military people are fed up with the French protection umbrella. Mm. They want the Malian military to have more uh, closer relationship with the Russians. Now, that's where the problem starts. And that's the reason why those two people were removed. But now you can find that an issue which is local, there is an, a hand from outside which has said those guys have got to get out. And the first thing that Macron has said, he has threatened to pull out the, Malian, uh, the French troops. So now you find that there is this issue of French military dominance. Once it is being questioned, the whole thing is made to be unstable. So that is mm. the Malian situation. But that is my yeah. outlook, but, but, but you can but, go to, uh, to the web and look, this, at, uh, and, and look at independent analysts. They'll come to the mm. same conclusion. And I guess for me, that's, that, that's a perfect segue to my follow-up question. The role of former colonial powers mm. in the conflict that we saw unfolding earlier on today. I mean, I think we've spoken at length even before this conversation about Franca Freak and, uh, you know, the continuing importance of... Uh, you know, France in the uh, internal and domestic politics of many countries in the Western and Central mm. parts of our mm. continent. Mm. Um, how much of that, I guess, not only has to do with, you know, this idea that I'm Francophone, you Lusophone, you Anglophone, but actually the contemporary influence of, be it the Commonwealth or even, I guess, Franc-Afrique in mm. how these uh, mm. issues mm. unfold. Now, let me, I'll go, I'll take you back to some few minutes ago, to my Lema speech. Mm. When he talks about this central body, which wants to monopolize due to its um, size of numbers, weight of numbers, to have a straight elections to choose leaders, this mm. will actually, so as he said, put aside the North and the South. What he said, without actually pointing a finger, he said that the North, the North basically, it is the Maghreb and the Arab countries. The South is basically the Sadaks, yeah, and other countries. Most of them of the South are not French ruled. Mm. Uh, the center, mm. that's where the French ex-colonies are, and they're massive, and they're ma numerous. Okay? So in any elections, if it's elections that's going to take place in the PAP as it is now, yeah, with... Uh, the majority being head of state, they're going to actually reflect that France-Afrique monopoly 
and leverage. That's why they say, the progressive forces say, that for democracy and for African Union, let the leadership rotate. Mm. And that is what's been fought off. Now you can see that these people are fighting against it, it being an order from somewhere else. And that's the same problem that we have in the AU. When you say somebody else, are you saying somebody else other the than France? No, let's because, put it this yeah. way. Let's say, let's yeah, let somebody other it. than France, yeah. yeah. The French, no, the French. I mean to say people <laughs> right now, they say that the French and Macron is the best friend that Africa's ever had. He has never been the best friend of Africa's ever had. Let's forget about that. Even when the time when mm. he comes and cancels <laughs> the issue of uh, African countries maintaining their own uh, foreign exchange reserves. Yeah? No, he has never been. Yeah. There's no French president who has been a friend of African countries. Never. Yeah. And I guess a lot of those apologies have also been very empty, I mean, for the role that France has played, not just in the colonial no, well, area, empty, places like Algeria. There, it is actually yeah. sort of, uh, it is there to get something. And they know that Africa mm. now will say anything, they will praise France or any other country to the high heavens. You know, we are fighting to get uh, vaccines. Huh? <laughs> when you get vaccines, you know, so, you never come and fight over the giver. Yeah? So, so, so this doesn't make sense to me in Tatehomo. Uh, and let me explain what I mean by when I say mm. that. Mm. For many years, there's been this sort of consensus, um, both in the public discourse, but I guess in general, that at least African elites can sing based on the so same song sheet enough to create an Africa continental free trade area, you know, the new AU and many other structures, African peer review mechanism. And of course, mm -hmm. whether we respect that or not is a debate for another day. And often we've said the issue is around people-to-people -people solidarity. But it seems the scenes we've seen over the last 48 hours uh, make us realize that not even uh, that kind of consensus or coherence among our elites uh, ought to be taken for granted. You know, you know, that's true. But again, I'm, what I'm saying is this, that if you look at those elites who are there in the Pan-Africanist Parliament, they do not represent the people. That's true. They represent the ruling parties. The majority of them come from the ruling parties. Mm. And most of those ruling parties, they're controlled by somebody else from outside the continent. Hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. No, so so where to from here? That's, yeah. that's, that's the reality. So, I mean, so your assessment... Just a minute. When it's front of oh, you, sure. you look at the experiences of people like... Uh, like uh, Amaru Tanje of Niger, who wanted France to pay more for their, for their uranium concentrates from being mm. paid 30, 40 American cents a kg to at least being paid half when the international green market for the same aluminum concentrate is $150 a kg, a kilogram. The Africans are being paid 30 American cents, hardly even a dollar. Hardly even $50. When they want some more, they get overthrown. They get moved out. Eh? Pascal Lisuba, same thing with the oil in Congo Brazzaville. And also the same thing with, uh, with, 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 with Bagbo. Bagbo wanted to scrap this thing of uh, the foreign affairs of, of the CFA. It being handled from the French Central Bank and other issues. Now, those people have been said they are friends of Africa. They've never been. Hmm. 
And, 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 and when you look at a situation like this, I mean, it's, I guess it's an impasse that, that has a lot of importance and uh, some symbolism and lessons. Uh, Julius Malema suggesting a way, I guess, out of this and uh, through the intervention and facilitation of the African Union. Um, in your assessment, I mean, what's possible here? And I guess, can a solution be found outside of the auspices of the uh, African Union? No, you cannot go after the African Union. You know, the African Union is the final body. If you are going to go to another body outside, who do we go to? No, mm. we cannot. Although there are people who are godfathers who dictate issues, but Malema, I'm not, I'm not privy to what those two letters said. But I mean, going by what Malema says, that the African Union has given guidance as to what needs to be done, which is actually mm. changing the thing. I mean, to say that the thing rotating amongst the different regions. That's why he says that let the people, the big father, the African Union, come here to come and not legislate, but to come and actually tell the pap how to go on with the choosing of leaders. That according to the guidelines that they've given. You see? Now, that itself, it, uh, it shows that now, I mean, for the first time, pap is becoming serious, you know. We should not mm. be uh, sort of this um, this all sort of sad or discouraged. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's it's a good sign what what is happening. Mm. You know, I mean to say I, I, that uh, the yeah. whole thing, the mark, the mark has been stirred. You know, and so that here there is rubbish here. Yeah, mm. for a long time they mm. cover over the rubbish, but now the thing mm. is being put out there in the up on top, and it's got to be dealt with. That's what needs to happen in Africa. This yeah. thing of actually letting things lie low and whatnot, peace mm. and whatnot, they're long gone. I, I like that comment because it, it does suggest that even this dissent might be productive. That oh, the differences be very productive. between these entities might be productive. It will be very productive. We are exposing, and people are being exposed. Where do you stand? Huh? Mm. Yeah, yeah, where do you stand? Let's not just say that, oh, we are buddies, we are buddies. No, 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 we're not buddies. You know, right now we've got to choose between two ways, you know. You cannot go in the same way. Yeah. Does it remind you, I guess, of, um, you know, the, the type of conflicts that we certainly have seen in these bodies since the, the 60s already? Um, I mean, I always go back to this whole Monrovia, Casablanca groupings, um, at, uh, <laughs> you know, even just Pop prior Maker. to 62, but around there. Yeah. Um, do you see the same? Well, you see those things of uh, what do you call pathmaker? You know, as a kid, then when the mm. things were going on, I thought pathmaker was a thing we were making the path sewing machines. You know, <laughs> 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 that's a pan African. <laughs> My younger elder brother is laugh. But all the same, uh, those were issues which came up the Monrovia and the Casablanca group. You know, onto the approach onto African liberation. You know. And um, funny enough, at that time, one of the staunchest and most um, uh, radical militant party was the, was the Casablanca, uh, who's called uh, Morocco. Mm, Morocco, Morocco, yeah. Yeah, Morocco was very, 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 very radical at that time. Mm. The Moroccans, they actually uh, had the Algerians in the war against the French. Yeah, and yeah. The Moroccans actually trained the South Africans, the Mandela's, you know, in Algeria. The Algerians were trained mm. by the Moroccans, and mm. they, they were being trained by, you see. But you find what happened. The whole thing changed, you see. 
the Monrovia group, it was a group which had a lot of American influence and whatnot. And also in the 60s, the Nyerere and, 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 and um, Nkuruma, you know, an approach on the OAU. Yeah? Now, with that, you won't say that Nyerere or who was in the hands of the imperialists. It was just approach. Basically, it was a clash of uh, personalities. Two mm-hmm. strong personalities, Nyerere and, 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 and Nkuruma. Yeah, and then so, so I'd be giving too much credit. Uh, I'd be giving too much credit to this bunch if I sort of characterize their conflicts around. Which, the which bunch? Uh, the contemporary one. <laughs> oh, well, this bunch, the contemporary bunch. You know, I don't know. We have not yet got the direct split, but mm. you find that uh, the whole radical and progressive stance. Is been taken by pariahs. Huh? The first pariah, I would say, is Zimbabwe. The second pariah is Malema. <laughs> do you get that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do. That's the new yeah. Africa. Yeah, yeah. And then the new uh... Africa, all over Africa right now, the youth are in rebellion. In mm. the French francophone countries, the youth mm. have had enough. Macron coming mm. to change his speech and whatnot, his stance, it's because the youth are against the leaders that they are imposing on yeah. those people. Yeah. yeah I can't wait. That's what is happening. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait, uh, just as we wrap up, and it's unfortunate we have run out of time. I can't wait for the day where I see some of the young people in places like Uganda, but, you know, the no, young women the young, who led look, uh, in Sudan, look, I'm quite uh, being old. part of these platforms, you know? I'm, I'm quite old, and one thing which I really, <laughs> I really love, you know, is the generic, the, um, the way that politics has taken a generic turn, you know? Politics mm. of youth, politics of women, you know, that is, uh, well, I won't talk much about it. But the truth about the matter, our next, uh, mili- the, the militancy that's going to come up, and the revolution is going to come up, it will be handled by youth. But unfortunately, the youth are not well-schooled in the politics of imperialism and everything else. The majority of the youth are actually being caught up in consumer politics, consumerism. Mm. So they can easily be swayed by some bodies, which I would not like to name. But then I think now, when they politics, you know, they actually are going to lead because basically they're the majority and they're the most marginalized. Yeah. And not only that, when you find our youth are dying in the Mediterranean, mm. that's a yeah, crisis. Yeah. Trying to cross into Europe. Yeah, but trying that's a crisis. Not, they're not running away from, uh, from fighting as the Western media, mainstream media likes to say. They're running from unemployment and basically yeah. the failures of neoliberalism. Yeah. Sure. Dada Homo? Neoliberalism Dada Homo? We'll have to mm, leave it here. We'll have to leave it here. And that home, we'll have to mm. leave it here. I, I, I genuinely think that we need to uh, make more time for this, just as this particular story unfolds. But unfortunately, this evening. Uh,